Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, I'm Trent, and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode... One, six, four. This week on Toy Power, we get out and dust off the soapbox. It's then into some very specific toy-related questions, and we're going to wrap this episode with a very interesting instalment of the Toy Power quiz. Joining me today by Skype is Mr. Frank Allen... Uh, g'day, g'day, g'day. Uh, or as you Americans would say, all right, all right, all right. Ben? <laughs> How are ya? Darren? <laughs> Hello, one and all. Thank you for joining us. And a very special guest whose name says it all, Mr. Chris Wisdom. Well, hoy, hoy. I, I got to take it right on your show. I took it right <laughs> Hey, uh, Chris, great to have you all the time. We want to give you the best on breaking the panel, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but all I could hear was that bloody that music. All I could hear was the breaking the panel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you walk on in a wrestling match and the music plays and it's loud. Oh, you should have told me about it. Had my pyro and smoke. Yeah. <laughs> yep, smoke. Are you all are that. you wearing a mask T-shirt? Oh, I'm wearing one. No, I. You ready? You ready? Oh, yeah. One yeah, of the reasons that I love ripped apparel so much. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, that That's is awesome. So cool. <laughs> I'm just going to explain that to the listeners. Yeah. It's, it's a Mando t-shirt, so Mandalorian with the Mandalorian spaceship, but done in the mask design. In the mask yeah. logo, yeah. 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 I watch good. it. I need yeah, it. It's, a, it's a, uh, God, a month ago now. That I, I think Casey. I think Casey saw it, and it was... It was like a two day in a row that they were releasing Mando stuff and I was two or three days in a row and like every day I'd pick something up and yeah. like it was it was like the second or third day when I had just after I had picked up the hoodie and I told the wife, Okay, no more, I'm not gonna get any more and then this popped up and I was like Okay, just one more. I gotta get this this one more. You had to. I mean there was no option not to buy yeah. that, I think. There, there was not there was not. Well great to have you on the show, Chris. And look, we we do wanna make you feel at home. We, we want to make this as fun and familiar as possible for you. So um, we brought oh in... God, a, Phil, Phil's yeah. not coming out of the back, is he, with a steel chair? <laughs> no, nah, but, but, but I thought we'd just have the dulcet tones of uh, Mr. Charles McFall. Oh and we, we try to give you the best intro on this show, but, you know, this is probably what you're more used to, isn't it? That looks like a big Superman cock, but it's actually Chris Wisdom. <laughs> anyway, I just, just had to give you that just to make you feel at home. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, uh, that makes me feel a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I tell you, if there's any, you know, slight faux pas on your part, we've got, we've got this queued up for you as well. You know what? This is not how you start a show. You go to your goddamn room. Hope, hopefully we don't need to use that, but we've got Charles just sitting there in the background just in case. 
You know what's more disturbing with that is that Trent has actually had to go through all those pa- all those breaking the panel episodes and get the little clip that he wanted. So he's listened to Charles probably more than you have, Chris. No, that's not what happened. He he, <laughs> he, he said a line and then Darren was like, "Yeah, that the, that episode cue about <laughs> yeah yeah this yeah. far into the episode." <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. And look, <clears throat> this this is we're, we're trialing uh, Skype, obviously for for. Social isolation Zoom. Nobody uses Zoom. Skype anymore. <laughs> what, what is this? Zoom? Zoom. Zoom. Did you not see the icon you clicked? Or? It's better than Flash. <laughs> <laughs> better than MySpace. I mean, this is uh, new technology. Um, but I still, I'm still on ICQ, guys. So uh... <laughs> I was going to say, Prince down there is... It... Use a schoolfriends.com to... Um, Linking with all his old friends. School friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's showing your age, my friend. I was going to ask down there where you guys are at. How how new is MySpace? I mean, you just went off of it for the last six months, probably. <laughs> I'm, I'm buying shares. I'm going all in in MySpace shares. AOL is still a thing, right? Like... <laughs> all right. This this episode we haven't done this for a while, but we are going to dust off the soapbox, get it out, and I think. Mr. Wisdom, I think we'd like to see you getting up on it. <laughs> the soapbox. You've got something you want to get off your chest and let out. It's therapeutic. It's, it's kind of ridiculous that I can't do that. Oh my God, kill me now. Like, it's just the worst. It's insane. And I love it. We have chatted a little bit on Toy Power about the Shearer Netflix series. And in the last episode, we actually talked about the fifth and final season. We haven't seen any of the toys show up at this point, And we know what happened with Voltron. Voltron showed up very late in the piece, but I suspect Shearer has been and gone in terms of toys. What's it like for you over in the States, Chris, with Netflix and Shearer? And, and it's not a traditional mainstream show, but how the toy availability for Shearer figures being? So for the first season and probably the second season, they were plentiful. What the, the limited, the limited run that there was, was available. I mean, target, you could walk into target at any time of the day and you could find just about anybody. I know several times I had looked at them. Um, we had watched a few episodes with kids and I like full load, everybody, uh, Catra's the Catra's the money figure to find. Um, and, and now I think you're limited in targets if you want to see anything Shira. Now it's just about the dress up and I think the two pack. Uh, with, is that that's the about Shira it. Swift Wind two pack? Yep, the, the Shira Swift the Shira Swift Wind two pack. Um, and that's about all that's on the shelves anymore. That's sustained through or that that glut of of product, you know, sustained probably for the first two uh, two maybe three through the third season because it was uh, two and three released almost back to, or not, not quite back to back, but real close. Right. Cause they were basically a half season that they, they That's just right. released real close. Yeah. So um, I think it was probably about third season that a lot of people were like, Oh shit, this she was the show on Netflix. I'm going to, I'm going to watch this. And, <laughs> and when you watch it, like you, you're sucked in, like, that's a really good show. We watched it with the, as a family that ended up being like a, a family, family screen time at night is what we would do. And it was cool. Cause my wife was a real big fan of Shiro and she was, when she was a little girl, um, you know, I, I loved watching masters and I watched Shira too. 
um, but we really were kind of excited to see the kids, you know, get a, get a brand that's that's new to them. It's nothing that we have any anything, so we're not like I'm not on the couch nudging them like, hey, you gotta watch this. This part's gonna be cool. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was just this new exploration of everybody. Um, and so now, by the time we get the kids into it and watching it, and of course they're kids, so they want toys. Oh man, I wish we you know had stuff. It's just not there. So we a- we. Yeah, no, and I get that. And it's a very different model to the age we lived in, we grew up in, where shows came on, they were available through mass media channels. Everyone, you know, He-Man, the Master Universe, Shira Princess of Power in Australia made our major networks so everyone could consume it. It was on, you know, and they knew, obviously they knew how to tie into a toy line back then. Mm. I mean, it was five days a week for, for most of the run. Yeah, which was both, quite unusual, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Quite unusual. I think it was one of the first cartoons to actually have the ability to be aired five days a week from when it was released. And that that's so different under a Netflix model where, you know, like we're seeing, a lot of people maybe only found this season three. And mm-hmm. how do you merchandise with that? It's, it's a new sort of thing to try and merchandise. It's a very different model because... It's a much more voluntary model. You've got to go looking and seeking out the product. And if you don't aren't aware it exists or aren't aware what it is, the likelihood of you doing that is pretty remote. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think part of the, oh, go ahead, uh, But it's pretty hard when I show my kids She-Ra and I'm like, look at this show. This is cool. And they get into it. And then, you know, we go down the shopping aisle and we can't even find it for sale. So that's mm-hmm. frustrating from an Australian point of view because it never even hit our shores. Yeah. And then you think, oh, cool, I might have a look at importing it. But for the cost of shipping is almost double what the figures are worth. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we end up, uh, Kim, I think around Christmas time at Target, they were going on like mega sale, um, like clearance sale in, uh, during the holiday season or just, just before maybe. Um, we were able to find everybody except Catra. Of course, and then uh, the wife got to looking online, and I said, "Well, you know, those were you know." <laughs> I was like, "If you're telling me you got to go online to find her, that's like, we're gonna have to just unfortunately not have Catra." She ended up finding a really good deal on Catra. I can't remember if it was at Amazon sometime in January, I think. Uh, for I think she paid thirty or thirty-five dollars for. Um, so like it was pretty decent, um, and I don't think she paid shipping either. Um, I think it is. Uh, 20, I think. Oh, I don't want to That's say there's that, that 1999 yeah. price point. Yeah. I've heard you, Chris, just recently say, no, nah, I'm not doing collecting toys. And if I do, it's going to be the death of my marriage. You know, I'm a dead man. And you've just <laughs> told us a story about how your wife was going online to try and find a rare figure. What's be- going on? <laughs> so she justifies it by it's for the kids. And, uh, <laughs> like, that's how, that's how all moment. this started. Mate. Yeah. Like, Who, whose room are these toys in? Well, they're, they're in the basement. They're kind of in our hidey hole. Um, we were trying to decide when to get them for them because we kind of did. Kim, it... <laughs> It's weird. She will, she will, <laughs> she will fully jump off the wagon without even thinking, realizing what she's done. But then she has no pity for me when I do it. Um, <laughs> when so she we does trying, it, it's okay. When you yeah, do it, you're in trouble. Well, yeah, exactly. So like the the um, the Playmobil Spirit line. We were we've been going back and yes. forth because yep. Misha really likes Spirit, um, and we were going back and forth for the longest time because Misha's kind of young. So I didn't we didn't want to get the 
the the regular toys with all the little tiny accessories and stuff that she's going to inevitably lose. That's not to say that Playmobil doesn't have its fair share of tiny accessories, but it was like you. It seemed like you were getting a lot more bang for your buck as far as the play sets were concerned and the figures and things. Kim went nuts. We've we've got like I I think we've got the we got them the stables for christmas and then like each where we got you know the big the big barn and then we got each of the individual horse stables and so we've got the big collection well so for for easter <laughs> so we've had these for a while we've got the i think the house the house is sitting there and i have to put it together um and get it ready and then there's a few other little sets the only the only set that kim bought mainly for herself because nobody in the family likes her so i think the, sh the show did a good job of selling that maricela character <laughs> But he's like, oh, she's so cute with her little bike. And my daughter got it. She's like, I hate you, Marissa. <laughs> and then Snips, she'll she'll like she'll play with them. She'll play with all of the main characters together over here. And then Maricela and Snips will be on some shitty adventure over here. <laughs> um, but by back to Shira. So we we got them. We picked them up. And we've got them sitting you know, to do for Easter. Um, we'll see how Ben deals with it because there are a lot. I mean they're not as barbie as as the the original line were but they're they're a lot less action figure than something he's accustomed to playing with mm. um and then just the just the fact that there's only you know four characters that we have we we kind of balked at doing the swift wind two pack um and i i think we were kind of hedging our bets because again those are still in stores <laughs> so um and and uh you know it's it's just the selection of this i mean the the Oh my, the stable of characters that they have like this the the they the toys that are out now that is great that's fine when you're trying to dip your toe into the water to, to see where the market's at in first set first season second season you don't really get the buy-in that you were expecting third season i'm sure this is where they started to see the numbers spike you, you've got to have toys to meet that demand to come out and i mean for me, hands down, Seahawk is like one of my all-time favorite. I mean, adventure! He's so it's, good. He's so, so good. I mean, Bo, like, I'm, 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 I love Bo. Uh, I think uh, it was sword safety is one of my, like, when, when Misha's swinging her She-Ra sword around, that's like, I yell it, you know, three or four times. Um, uh, she, uh, Misha is totally in, in love with Mermista and Sira. Like she just <laughs> she, Zero, that's right. that one throwaway thing in an episode, and Misha <laughs> loves it, and she just loves Mermista, and that 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 back and forth between Mermista and Seahawk is classic. It's it's yeah. so good. Um, but for them to not, you know, I mean, Catra's the only enemy you have. Scorpio would have been a beautiful yeah. figure. I don't I don't yeah. care what if you were doing, you know, an action figure, a true action figure, or in that line that they've got, they would have been a beautiful action figure. And there's nothing. And they should have made an Entraptor as well. I think. Oh, yeah. absolutely. With yeah. some nice uh figure yeah. out a way to do a, yeah. a medusa yeah. type yep yeah. yeah it would have been yeah. yeah just gorgeous so many missed opportunities with this line and it upsets me because it kind of i think part of the problem and you, you kind of go to go along with what you're talking about trent is the disposable nature of netflix shows because you get on and typically you binge those and you move on to the next thing you know, you you know, Darren, you don't have the five day a week exposure to this cartoon where it's on repetitively, and you know it's constantly at the forefront of a child's mind, um, even our mind. You know, we like it, we might talk about it, but that's it's not something you sit down to each and every day and watch. You know, uh, you know, a half hour or so of. Mm. Um, so I think it's hard for them to model off of that, but at the same time, like this feels like such a half hearted effort 
and <laughs> it, it's a completely different culture of the kids that are growing up today because what what my kids are watching at home you know on disney plus or abc iview or whatever else another family two doors down could be watching completely different shows at the same same time slot you know whereas when we were going home it was four o'clock marathon till probably 5 30 after school and we were locked into those programs uh, after school and also before school everyone yeah, was watching prime time and you had about three uh, channels to choose from whereas now you've got 72 to uh, avenues to choose from and some kids probably don't even watch tv they all it's all on youtube it's all on internet streaming uh, style um exactly. and it's just you know it's it's, it's hard to uh, consume a similar thing all at the same time i get mm -hmm. it yeah i reckon that'd be right i'd love to hear uh, um any any teachers um and what they sort of seeing anecdotally in the schoolyard, particularly teachers mm -hmm. that are about our age, because they would know what it was, what the schoolyard was like in our era, where you know kids were bringing Masters of the Universe, Transformers, Shira, um, whatever, whatever it was from from that particular time frame that we were in, and. You know, that was widespread stuff. Star Wars, whatever it was, that was widespread stuff, whatever the line of the moment was. I wonder if there is a line of the moment. Yeah, it's called those, the iPad. You know I mean? Or if it's so fragmented. <laughs> it's called uh, batteries uh, in the iPad. Yeah, it's called, do you, have a, do you have a charger for my mm. toy? That's mm. what it is. Like. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's the line of the year. That's right. And, yeah. and that's the, the what first... our, our properties that we love are up against. Yeah. yeah. Interesting point on that. Just uh, my son came home from school today and what he's been doing is watching kids play with Beyblades. And that yes. was a name I hadn't heard in a while, Beyblades. Yeah. But that is yep. the first time he's talked about kids playing with to toys at school and it was Beyblades. So it's something, you know, very generic. You can kind of battle them, I guess. They're like spinning top sort of things. Yep. But I've never heard him come home and say, oh, everyone's playing with Ben 10 or everyone's playing with, you know, puppy preschool or whatever it is. Yeah, or and, and I think or... because probably a lot of the, the, the shows that have really strong toy sales are the things like Paw Patrol, are the things like PJ Masks, and they are aimed at the preschool market. So by the time the kids are getting to school, they don't have this shared experience anymore. I, I'd really like to your point, Darren, I'd love to know if there was one appearing mm -hmm. at the school and what it is and what they're doing to get that. Because I reckon... Yeah, the things that are resonating with kids, as far as I can tell, are in that preschool demographic. And and that's where my, my youngest will watch your, you know, his PJ mask and he watches Paw Patrol and all that stuff. And when you ask him, what do you want for your birthday? He goes, I just want all the PJ masks. So yep. that to me is the equivalent and it's done at the younger level. By the time they're they're in almost school age, like you said, that 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 you know, what are they consuming? They can go off and consume whatever they want. It's not necessarily a shared experience. And, and I think it's a very different experience to what we had as kids and the toy companies need to understand that. I'm sure they do. And, and that's really a, a very different change in their strategy. It's a huge um, change and it makes you wonder what that means down the track because at the moment we're riding high. We talked about it when we did our New York episode, riding high on all the stuff that was unveiled for the nostalgia train. And what does that look like in 20 years' time? Well, is it, is it when this generation yeah. is, you know, perhaps at that disposable income, you know, 
with a job and and you know can you even market to that generation if it's so fragmented now where's the nostalgia going to be and are they even going to remember what they felt about pj musk's if they got into it and left it at such a young age yeah and i would contend that i i see that toy collecting and toys is going a little bit of the way of comic books Yep. Now, comic books mm-hmm. are not aimed, you know, it's not a it's not a 50 cent comic book you get from your local milk bar and, and you know, your mum buys it for you because it's disposable change. You know, it's like $7 or $8 Australian to get a single issue comic these days. No kids are really going to be buying comic books. Comic books today are designed for at, for us. Yeah, for, for people, exactly. Worlds that enjoy comic books when they were kids. That market is pretty much dead for the younger generation. And I think toys is going in a very much the same way. Maybe when we get to, to 80, you know, toys are very, a, a very different experience. And that, like you said, the generation now is not going to have the same nostalgia for them. You know, I feel though at some, at some, at a certain point though, it's, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because we're identifying that, you know, when, when they're, when they're preschoolers, they're, you know, PJ Masks, they really like it and the Paw Patrol, they really like it and they get into it. And that's, that's because it's marketed the same way the toys were marketed when we were kids. I mean, there's a show to go along with it. It's not, it's not a show that you have to go to, you know, an internet source to get, you know, or like a, a specified producer. Uh, I guess PJ Mask is Nickelodeon, not Nickelodeon, is it? Um, Paw Patrol's PBS, but what's Nickelodeon? Or what's uh, uh, Pirate Bay? Like, well, okay. <laughs> we, Fair enough. we get it here on ABC for Kids, ABC. which is on ABC, the, the, the Australian broadcaster, essentially. And yeah. then they've got a on demand. I think it's also shown on okay. Foxtel, but I yeah. couldn't tell you which channel. It's yeah, it's, I, I can't so it would be Nickelodeon, but, but, but I, I wouldn't swear to it. I just see it when I, but, when I surf sometimes. I mean, it does have a wider berth. So, I mean, so toys are produced and kids get it. We don't really offer that. For any other age groups anymore, like no, once you get out of that preschool, yep. you get out of that preschool age, you don't. Nobody thinks to offer that, and when they do it, it's it's like spaghetti on the wall. Like it's it's ADD that we're programming into our kids because we give them we give them. Oh, hey, here's a season of a really cool show. Oh, you like that? Well, here's the next new thing, and we're not going to worry about that one anymore. Yep. We're, we're we're on and done. Um, you know, it 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 lends into um other other lines and other cartoons where it's just you have a really cool product and i would like to see like i get it you've got to you have to spin the wheels up of manufacturing and get all of this infrastructure built in and in place um to produce these toys i think the future is in 3d printing i think that's going to make it a lot easier because you're not creating all these specific molds you're not doing all these uh, specific dyes for the toys when we were coming up to me that mitigates a lot of your production costs so i don't know why more companies aren't moving to that and being a little more experimental i feel like they have the opportunity to to kind of reach out like like kipo on netflix i would love to see a toy line of kipo just the, these mutants that are on the show just the, the, these are this this show we should have a, a very robust toy line in my opinion i think the 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 ip is is ripe uh, for that, just just as uh, as Shira was, I mean, I think right. th- th- we we got what two variations of Shira herself, or no, three if you count the Adora figure. So there was an Adora, there was uh, the Shira that came with Swift Wind, which was her battle Adela. armor, and Adela then there was. And then there was the regular She-Ra. Um, but aside from that, I mean, how many other characters and how many other things 
are available for them for them to do something and they're just not it's just leaving the ip and then that goes into another one of those self-fulfilling prophecies well girls girl toys don't sell well well yeah especially if you don't produce they them, don't them. <laughs> absolutely yeah. they they do pretty well on the secondary market though don't they <laughs> yeah. it's funny you say that because I, i'm sure you've heard of it bluey over there, Ch- Charles, uh, Chris. Sorry, uh, oh, Jesus. Jesus. Son of a bitch. The ultimate sin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's had five beers, Chris. So <laughs> yeah, um, this is my third. Uh, <laughs> um, so you've heard of Bluey, haven't you? Uh-huh. Yeah, so Bluey, the two kids are actually girls, right? So, And I've got two girls, and like they're obsessed with Bluey because they're at that perfect age group. But do you think we can go to the shops and find Bluey... Um, you know, uh, property uh, t-shirts and things for girls. It's all for boys. Like it's all marketed for girls. Oh, sorry, for boys. There's nothing for girls. And and I don't. I think people um, miss the fact that they're actually two sisters, not two yeah, brothers, two, so to speak. Yeah. And, and I think that part of that problem is just the uh, the way we've typified. And I don't want to have this this you know this conversation necessarily on your show, but but the way you 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 typify and stratify uh, gender norms, right? Mm. Like mm. you know back in the day when 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 I was you know at KB Toys, like it was it's a hundred percent true. Ike Perlman was not wrong. Uh, female characters did not sell. Like I will I will tell you from a fact. Like you saw X Men movie toys come out, and the only people that would buy the female characters were the collectors would come in and buy a couple because they were the short pack they were the short pack ones yeah. i mean you you when you short pack a character you are you're you're uh, you're tailoring toward the secondary market which i've never understood as a toy company because you see no revenue from that <laughs> increase your case pack or increase your assortments but have an equal number of figures don't make me chase figures and, and to a certain degree i understand uh, certain chase figures but um when it, when it's just your basic assortment and you're limiting the number in a case that's weird um but we still, I think, are trying to wrestle with that. Is it okay for, for, for girls to like these quote-unquote boy toys and, and be okay with it and market to that? Um, I think the numbers nowadays are showing because, it's, because that norm is, is starting to go away and those lines are starting to blur. I think you're seeing a lot more uh, female, a female collectors and, then, and little girls that, that don't feel weird about walking down the boys' aisle. Um, I, I'll tell you, I know when I was a kid, if I had to walk through Toys R Us or whatever, because from the entrance over to the boys' toys, you had to, you yeah. know, to make the most direct route, you had to cut that diagonal in the store and go through the girls' section. Just as a little kid, I don't know why, but it was always like, hold my breath as I go through the girls' section. I want to get those cooties on you, right? So you'd hold your breath and you'd run through. You don't see that anymore. And it's it's neat um, to go through to go through the girl aisle with Misha to see what properties are out there, to see you know if there's stuff that you know that exists. Um, the Disney Princess line, like the, the assortment that you can get in the Disney Princess line and the, the sculpts on those figures and those dolls, like I love them. They're good. I have no problem with, uh, with getting those for Misha. I mean, it'd be nice to see, you know, legs that weren't just, uh, you know, Barbie stiff and a couple more. The the what was it the uh, the Wreck It Ralph uh, line when they were all in their comfy clothes. Like that was that's that's a that's a breath of fresh air to to stuff like that to be able to show Misha. Hey, look, you know, they've got regular clothes on. Now their their feet are still molded to go into high heels. They just you know are painted to look like high tops and comfy shoes now, but those feet are still molded. Um, it's it's just kind of it's. I think we're in a weird spot. Uh, as far as, you know, like I said, the gender norms, I think it's getting better. I think we're going to start seeing blend, uh, uh, those lines blur more. You know, you hear it from, 
from some retailers how they're not going to have specified there's they're not going to have specified girl boys section, boys. Girl sections. Yeah. Um, but i think until you actually you know either put your toys into order on shelves alphabetically or something or, or there's like a really good mix you're still going to have that 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 stratification where you're going to get oh well this is obviously the section that's geared toward boys and this is the section that's geared toward girls and it's it's not necessarily the fault of the retailers just they're trying to organize in a in a in a in a an intuitive way i guess is the, the most the break the point of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah i guess yeah. Um, because something's been the way it's been for so long, it's very hard to suddenly do it differently. I think it should be done differently. I really do. I think we should be celebrating. If a girl is into Ninja Turtles or Star Wars or, or you know, whatever, we should be celebrating that. We should be embracing that. I mean, that's that's a good thing in, in my mind. Similarly, if, 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 you know, if a guy wants to be a brony, Shout out to my good friend Trent. You know, um, you know there's nothing wrong with that. I wear it. I wear the brony on my sleeve. Yeah, there you, you do, my friend. Well, I remember when World of Springfield came out uh, locally, and uh, they didn't know where to put it, and they, it was actually located in the girls' department. Because I went shopping with a friend, and he's like, "Oh, we've got to come down this aisle because that's where the Simpsons figures are." <laughs> and it's just a, it's just wall to wall pink, and all of a sudden you got this yellow section of uh, World of Springfield. It was just <laughs> crazy, and I think I think that worked to his favour because yes, um, it was missed, and he could then cherry pick better figures that were yes, uh, you know more sought after in the aftermarket but yeah, yeah. So you're yeah. saying placing them based on the color of the simpsons house <laughs> yeah. well, or, or homer's car, car maybe yeah. Yeah, yeah that too so you're saying if i go to target and i stash all the marvel legends in the girls section i'll have my pick of them is that kind of what we're implying yeah, it depends yeah. if you put them out black widow you could be a... long gone and <laughs> don't put them uh, behind those lol dolls or whatever because they'll get found very quickly <laughs> very quickly you know? yeah. yeah no it's and it's you know you see that a little bit too in uh, targets and walmart's here the, how they have the uh the pop culture section separate from mm. the toys even though 90 percent of that pop culture section is nothing I, but I'd, toys yeah. i'd love to see that section here just <laughs> <Yeah>. exist here. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean you know if you want to get your uh, whatever reaction figures because you, you know yes we have the ability to buy reaction figures in target but i don't know how it is Jesus. exactly that they're packed but they only seem to get five at a time not <laughs> not five lines but five Five reaction figures, figures at a time. <laughs> well, I, I actually think that's how they come packed. It's like Is a it? Funko vinyl. You get um, six of one character in a box, and that's it. Oh, you oh no, no, get... I don't mean. Yeah, not not. I just I just mean five. So like like you you normally case packs come in twelve, and I think the boxes are still built for twelve. It's just five, oh, and then wow. a bunch of a, a bunch of packing yeah. paper, and then they put <laughs> um, But I mean, so. Uh, uh, ben and Misha too. Like this is this is one of my favorite things. As uh, you know, I I found Dragon Ball Z late in life, and I love Dragon Ball Z. I'm not gonna apologize for loving Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I love it too. And, <laughs> and uh, Dragon Ball Super has been like I'm happy with it. I was I, I was enough of a weeb, I guess, that I I, I enjoyed Dragon Ball GT for what it was. Like yeah. I didn't think it was as good as Dragon Ball Z, no. but I I enjoyed it. And Dragon Ball Super yeah. is the same. I um, mean, it's better than GT, I think, but uh, it definitely has similar problems. But the uh, the kids are into it now, and they love watching it. And like, uh, well, I guess she's asleep, so it doesn't matter. But um, 
like I love sitting at home with Ben and and uh, when Kim's not around, I'll I'll get on YouTube and I'll put on uh, Dragon Ball Z abridged and watch it with him. <laughs> and he he laughs his ass off at stuff. And there's like question there's questions inevitably pop up. Like we just watched the Dragon Ball Z uh, Broly movie. Yes. And uh, when when he's whipping him, they're like, "Oh, Daddy!" And he's like, "Why does he keep Why does he keep calling him Daddy? Don't worry about that." <laughs> no, that we'll revisit. Yeah, we'll revisit yeah, yeah. when we when you get older. But so anyway, the, um. Being able to find those toys in uh, Target and Walmart have always been an issue. When those, like the uh, the, the the Dragon Ball Z figures, super figures, were available in stores, um, there were usually like two or three facings at most of them, um, and they were hard to find. Now I can go to the pop culture section, which doesn't, for some reason, doesn't get it shopped as much as the toy section. I mean, just because kids don't realize it. Although over in the pop culture section, it's over typically in the electronics section. So the profile of the shelves is dropped. You can see across the aisles for loss prevention, of course, you know. Um, but so the, the profile is lower. So all of those toys are well within reach and eyesight of kids where they probably wouldn't have been over in the toy aisle because you would have put them up. They were a higher dollar figure. They weren't selling as much. So they were either going to be up high or down low um, out of the kids' main, main sight line. Um, but you can go to these sections now and find a couple of those things a little easier. It'd be nice if if a few of these like Shira, like that to me that's a specialty toy like yes get get those you have have a broader assortment even if you bring it down to more of, a, of an action figure scale whether you know it's it's a, a four to six inch figure yep. whatever start start giving me some sweet accessories some good molds yeah. um, well, this and is then this, you, the super seven line that they did that was yeah. only the two yes figures. Yeah, the if, two if, figures, if they were if they did a whole series like that oh, incredible. count uh -huh. me in i'm, I'm on board Absolutely. And I think that that would go perfectly over in this, this pop culture section right next to the Stranger Things figures. I mean, yep, there's yep, no, yep. it's, that's where it belongs. And yeah. it, it's, it's just one of those, oh, I want more of these figures. It was the same <laughs> with, with Young Justice. I loved that show. We, we've talked about it. So we've lamented so many times on Breaking the Panel about how this show was was disrespected when it comes to toys that became a marketing thing you know the marketing department couldn't get pull their heads out of their collective asses and be like hey this is this is a cash cow we're sitting on and we're not going to make too many this is skewing too female those figures aren't going to sell and when they do sell then it goes into the case pack problem that i have issues yeah. with i still have not gotten you know my connor like that's the mm. the main figure out of that line that i wanted was was, was so a connor talking Kenson about boy. the original toy line when young justice aired or is, are there toys now coming out on the no 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 the original the original, original one. yeah right. the original. yep they didn't know what scale to go with either there were sort of three and three quarters it was two scales scale. it was the six inch and the yeah, four inch, six inch. and like, i remember that robin figure i mean robin is a slender character and they use some buck with these huge muscles that just look ridiculous on the six inch figure. So it was, a, mm -hmm. it was they, they weren't treated with the respect they should have, you know, no, no Connor figure. I mean, like, and, and I know Maddie collector did a poll at one point to see what they could make. And that was one poll that didn't go through. Um, mm -hmm. it, it didn't get the numbers they needed to produce some extra figures. So, yeah. So when you say a poll, that was a pre-order, wasn't it Trent? Pre-order, correct. Yeah, yeah where, vote, vote where you could jump in and mm. much like Castle Grayskull from the Master Universe Classics on where you could pay up front and if, if enough people did it within the time frame, they made it. And if they didn't, you got your, ref you got your money back. Yeah. So. I, look, Diamond Select are now doing the Avatar figures and they're beautiful. They're doing three per case and they look great. Even, you know, Diamond Select are going back and doing Lord of the Rings again. And, and whilst to Toy Biz had a pretty good crack at those when they came out, these are 
yeah, 20 years down the track, superior sculpts, superior paint apps. This is one thing that I think maybe they'll get to and they'll come back on. Young Justice, to me, is a no-brainer for someone like a DC Direct or even now McFarlane. To I was going to say, McFarlane would be crazy not to jump on that, particularly with the, the last is it or two seasons or half seasons or whatever they were. The recent cartoons why would you not i, I want to see wave you know wave three uh, give mm-hmm. us you know give us that connor that would be a huge start and people go wow they're doing young justice as well i'm mm-hmm. on board mm-hmm. but and that's and i think you know when that toy line came out i mean you were looking at the the two big what what dc and and mattel were used to dealing with was either that justice league unlimited line scale you know b taz uh, s taz and un- unlimited line or the the dc heroes line was coming out about that time and they were trying to figure out that their place because that that was the answer to marvel legends right was that the that dc universe line so they're trying to go in that similar scale those better sculpts i think they got lost in the well we these are the only two that we can deal with <laughs> versus i don't know make something completely independent um but yeah and i, I mean i, I think from a, you're from right a, i think they needed to pick a scale whether it was one of those or something else unique they needed to pick a scale because you you almost you had two lines essentially competing for the same audience and, mm-hmm. and that's tough particularly if people already collect other lines in addition to young justice that, that's a tough sell so you just split your market mm-hmm. and, and i think the other thing too was going to those two packs um you know the the, sh- the show started about the sidekicks not wanting to be a sidekicks anymore front and center foremost this is our show this is our time to shine and you're putting them in two packs with the classic heroes that as much as i love superman i don't necessarily need another superman in the young justice line nor do you want someone to overshadow them exactly yeah Yeah, exactly you know so it's 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 a shame that they i think they just were muddled in their thinking and definitely in the execution of that line and that became a problem yeah. yeah. So spinning it back to She-Ra and mm-hmm. not sort of knowing where it sits with the streaming service and, uh, and trying to cut into that finite time period with the new age streaming service and things. I want to talk about something that also is uh, a bit new age and a bit um, in the streaming service that kind of missed the mark as well. And it's got to be Mandalorian, right? You know, I understand they didn't um, put the toys out for uh, the child or baby Yoda because that's a huge spoiler. But still to this day, not having half the characters uh, out there, only having the one style of Mando sort of in his ragtag early option suit and not having the shiny armour that he eventually builds up to and things. I just think that's another case of not hitting the market when it's being streamed when it's coming out week to week you know if you had the if you had could release even on a website if you could release the that character's um shining you know the uh whoever's the focal character of the week if you had that character released in plastic form you know finite there here's a thousand units available come on mm-hmm. you know um jump on and order him now and you'll get him in a month's time, mm-hmm. I bet you you sell out every every week, you know. Absolutely, yeah. So to speak, and I think even now they're still playing catch up. You know, there's yeah. not still we still don't collectively have a heap of baby Yodas in our collection. We still don't collectively have um, all the Mando characters, the A grade, even let alone the B grade ones and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even now they're still very challenging to find at retail. So yeah. it's, I don't think the industry, the toy industry knows how to deal with this 
play catch up, so to speak, with uh, the new times of streaming services. No, I, yeah, I, I, you're right. Yeah. I, I think they're still adjusting and adapting to it. And Disney Plus being a bit different again because it wasn't a, a binge setup; it was one a week. Mm. I, I don't think Hasbro were, were there. And you're right, they're playing catch-up as a result of that. You, know, you could argue Hasbro didn't know if they're going to get the licence again or anything. But they That's missed, true, too. I, I, think, I think they still missed out on a buttload of money to yeah, be had yeah. and merchandising. No, and, and I think if Disney can't do it right, the, the, you know, the Monopoly, uh, the, uh, you know, the Mickey Mouse that just takes yeah. over everything, if he can't get it right, who it can? can. Well, and that's the thing is it's not, and it's not just a black eye on the house of the mouse. It's, it's a black eye on Star Wars. There is no finer merchandising machine in existence than Lucasfilm. And for them to miss the mark on this so terribly. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we talked about it on burying the panel several times. And I'm like, where, where they're concerned, I can easily, like, I can give them a little bit of credit. You know, you, you have released way too much Star Wars IP in too short of a time frame and every year having a Star Wars day and and re-releasing the same six characters and three new yes. characters but all in just new pack new packaging like that's part of your problem that's a big part of your problem um <clears throat> So, yeah, I mean, so maybe they hedge their bets because they're like, you know, we've just seen Star Wars merchandise you, you steadily go down in, in sales. I, I, that, I get, I that's get a that. That's point. There is still a lot of uh, Rogue One and Last Jedi stuff out there, mm-hmm. um, particularly in discount variety stores in, in Australia that's just hung around and hung around. And when it does sit, when you start to think that maybe it's finally starting to sell, it's finally starting to disappear, guess what? They restock more of it. I would exactly. argue that since uh, Phantom Menace, Star Wars has not been the seller that, like, it has this aura of the best selling. Mm-hmm. Pre- and look, back in the, the 70s and 80s, absolutely. Come the 90 or 99, 2000, whenever it was, uh, Phantom Menace, and everyone went in big because, like, hey, this is Star Wars 2.0. I'm, I'm going to buy my house with this Correct. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to buy the lot and I'm going to flip it. And uh, people are still trying to sell that crap off. What, like, yeah, that's I mean, true. But you know what the difference is between the sequel trilogy and the prequel trilogy, though? Go on. There were no discounts, there were no, um, no clearances after Attack of the Clients partway through a trilogy. Clearances happened at the conclusion of a trilogy. Whereas we saw clearances for um, not just in Black Series, but in other Star Wars lines after episode eight, before episode nine. So while a trilogy was still, it still had a third of its story to go, the line was already in trouble. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas with the prequel trilogy, there was still a mindset of, there's still time for it to come good. There's still time for it to come good. There's still <laughs> yeah. time for it to come good. I, I think back then the retailers probably just weren't reading Reddit as much as they are now yeah. and, and sort of getting a lay of the land and just like Star Wars fans are kind of done with all this merch. Let's yeah. start discounting it off before part yeah. three comes yeah. out. Yeah, well, and I think, I think part of it too is you've seen, what, 20 years of successive... Uh, tepid responses to movies, you know, will get you like yeah. you can't, you cannot keep trying to produce and sell the amount of merch that you would have been golden had you done it for, you know, Star Wars in May of '75 or '77. <laughs> uh, um, you can't do that for every movie when every movie you're 
tomato meter is going further and further. <laughs> <laughs> and and also every every in retail if you do a thousand, let's say a thousand, you know, units one year, next year you're going to go for um, fifteen hundred, and then the, the near year after that, or I'm going to try for twenty two hundred, and then the year after that, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go to three five. That's my big year, and then all of a sudden, oh no, the market's crashed. I now yep. have to sell a buttload uh, to um, discount retailers, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as far as the, you know, the baby conversation comes up. I remember doing this at KB Toys, like in Ben. I'm sure you've all seen it. The the case, the the toy cases that come in and say, "Do not open until and there's a date mm-hmm. on the on the box." So I don't understand why Disney Lucasfilm didn't say, "Okay, we're essentially under the same. We're we're the house of Baby Groot." Why that? Why? Why would Baby Yoda sell well? I mean, Baby Groot was such a derisive character that nobody loved <laughs> universally ever. Uh, why would Baby Yoda fare any 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 better? Um, for them to not have that 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 stock, whether they didn't ship it in the first two weeks and then it came out with a you know you you don't sh- have it ready, you don't ship it within the first two weeks of of the show breaking, so that week three you're shipping it to stores and then you should be good to open it at that point and even if you do have to ship it two weeks before you put those dates on it and an embargo you have it ready to feed me feed me agreed um, yeah. yeah i just think because- they, that would have been leaked from the factory there would have been someone in china or wherever this stuff's made who snapped a photo on their phone and then it's leaked and then it's spoiled and and from my understanding the whole not wanting to spoil it that was very much john favreau pushing that mm-hmm. where he's like nah put it away he had to fight Disney, who yeah. probably wanted to go the baby group, you know, way of things and just absolutely pump it. So I don't know. Look, I, I, I kind of liked it because that moment of, oh my God, there's a baby Yoda when we all saw it that first time. Rather, I mean, how many times we've seen Lego spoil crap in movies because mm-hmm. of the way they pump out their stuff so early? I kind of liked it. Are we in a bit of the muck now? Yes, but I'd prefer that than spoilers, to be completely honest. I- which I guess I wouldn't be so upset if, you know, Disney didn't come in heavy handed to the Etsy producers, you know, the people True. that are meeting yeah. that market demand and saying, get off my lawn. Well, you, <laughs> you abandoned the lawn. I mean, you never even moved in. This is called squatters. <laughs> this is squatters rights at this point. I think, I think I'm going to go ahead and block your trademark with my product that's already on the market. Um, but, you know, like when you talk about the... Um, the, the Mando figures, you know, like I picked up a car, Dune, I was happy, uh, decent sculpt. Um, I, yeah, she's great. Um, I picked up one of the, or well, three of the carbonized uh, Mandos before the, the series released. And that's one of those things that that's not a payoff until the, what, the last two episodes of the show when you're like, oh, I don't, why is this, this weird metallic color? And then he comes out of those sul- the sulfurous caves of that, that you know, the, the mm. bed of lava. And you're like, oh, oh, now this oh, makes I sense. See. And this is even, even, even a cooler figure. Mm. Um, you know, it's it. There's things like that that that, that uh, I, I get it, and that they, I think those were handled well. But other things definitely were not. Um, so I, I just uh, it's I got it. There's tea leaves involved, but there's there's times when they just blatantly miss the mark, and it seems sure. like they're doing it doing it on purpose. They have very, to be. Very good. <laughs> great, great discussion, and uh, well, it's. Back in form, the soapbox is uh, back, back, back. And, <laughs> and long may she live. So. Yeah. Um, owing to time, I really want to get to this quiz while we've got Chris here. So we're going to jump straight into our next segment now. Huh? Real 
me this. Riddle me that. Time to start thinking because the quiz master's back. It is quiz time and today on the Toy Power Quiz, it's all about how well does Chris know Toy Power Podcast? Oh! But we're gonna we're gonna Episode give it a go. Episode sixty five, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> That's how well I know the show. <laughs> All right. So first question for you: Which Toy Power host received Soundwave to the best of his recollection when his sibling was born? Oh, I feel like I even remember hearing that episode. Um, <laughs> but now you're asking me to remember. Uh, okay. You've got a one in four shot, Chris. I, I know I've got a one in four. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Frank, but I don't think it's Frank. It's not Frank. That Frank. is Ben. Ben. That is, oh, that's that me, brother. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is what, go with your gut. That's what they say. That's it. <laughs> that's what they, I was, I was, mm, mm, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Next, next question. Right, right. You'll be fine. All right. Which Toy Power host's mum told him he was not going to get He-Man for Christmas in 1982? Darren. <laughs> What I can say is you're right. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know I'm going to say that. I, like, I just 1983. <laughs> Trick <laughs> question. Alrighty. Sorry, Trent. <laughs> Sorry, Trent. I couldn't resist that. No, all good. Next question. Which host had his photo taken with a fellow member of the SA Toy Collectors community while dressed in full Leonardo cosplay? That, well, I mean that 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 has that that has to be Charles, right? Oh. No, it's, oh. it's it's Frank. It's Frank. Hot in the shell. Oh. <laughs> of course, it is Frank. All right. Now nah, this one's a tricky one. Um, no 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 clues or hints for this next one. But who bought Combat Belt Batman from Toy World, paying with loose change, including five cent pieces? Um. Are, are, are they wooden nickels there? I'm going to go ahead and X off the other three just because this is where we're at on the quiz and go with Trent. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> me. Yes, that's right. Uh, do remember paying with those. <laughs> Gee, I, I was desperate for him and, and I, I, was, I think I think uh, when I got my uh, the Toy Biz uh, Superman uh, the the superpower reissue that came out after the Batman movie on the Batman yep. card with the kryptonite ring. I think I had the same story at KB when I was a kid. Same way that was loose change <laughs> yep. and some dollars. So. Yes, no, it's sometimes just what you had to do. Um, <laughs> okay, next question. Which host's mum sold off most of his childhood toys with the exception of Lego, crash test dummies, and the odd transformer? Ben's. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Nice. He's he's got the face Correct. of someone who's been 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 burned. That's part of my drinking problem still to this day. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Thanks, origin Mom. right there where they That's it. All right. Now I might, I might have to bleep. Toy Power is a support group for people that got burnt. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> might have to bleep this next one out uh, with some editing, depending on what happens in the meantime. But which member of the Toy Power team is going to appear? on the reality TV show Lego Masters Australia season two. Uh wow. Um I don't oh wow. Uh <laughs> hmm. 
I believe that it's beep. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. That's you win. Well done. <laughs> All right, moving on. Which Toy Power host wore black and blue not to get into Dino Riders and proceeded to buy not one, but two T-Rexes? Are we back to Ben again? Yeah. <laughs> see, see what mum did to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. If Frank opened a toy store, what would it be called? Don't touch my toys. <laughs> that, that's what I tell my son. That's <laughs> uh, We've referenced this many times on the show. You, you have. Um, I, they just happen to be episodes that I haven't heard. <laughs> I've really only listened to two episodes. Um, they, they were. <laughs> they, I was, I was less than sober, and they were done on a dare. <laughs> uh, Frank, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't know that one. Uh, it Frank, is Mart. Frank, Frank Mart. <laughs> Frank Mart. Oh, okay, I've heard. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, which Toy Power host is the only one to collect dark wing duck toys? The, um, well, the only one that I have respect for now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trent. Yes. Well, I can't say you're right. Yeah. Well done. All right. Now, which... Stop which of which of us um <laughs> which of us here hide a where's Wally figurine in their toy room? Great question. Or where's Waldo? Okay, all right. Yep. So make sure that I'm there's a I, I wanted I wanted to ask that question without being, yeah. you know, culturally insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> what incidentally, what does Wally does Wally have a certain connotation over there? Uh, no, it's just weird when you say Wally and not Waldo. <laughs> how, does, how does the song go then? Because the song is like, where's Wally? Oh, where's Wally? And what, what, what's the song on the, like the, the 90s cartoon of it? It's still two syllables, guys. I think you can imagine the word, the well, where's Waldo. Uh, <laughs> that just sounds wrong. I don't know. Yeah, apparently, uh, the only way you can find the Australian version is on VHS. The, all the DVDs and things say, where's Waldo? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can someone tell me this? This, if this is true, how does the Swedish chef sound? Now, in in in, if you're in Sweden and you're watching the Muppets, it's not the Swedish chef; it's the Norwegian chef, right? Right. Now, so if you ever had a Norwegian meeting a Swede, and they go. What does the Swedish <laughs> chef sound like? Oh, Sounds bad. like a bad joke. <laughs> well, and, and well, see, the, the the Swede would be going. Well, the the, the Norwegian would be going. Boop, doo, boop, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> wouldn't they? <laughs> and, and they wouldn't. And they'd be like, Jesus Christ! They do really sound like that. Um, is is this a question? <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> I think it's just the Waldo thing. <laughs> Swedish chef. Norwegian chef, no. Um, I'm gonna go with Ben on that one. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> it is. Well it's, done. It's... I had to look up where's Waldo on eBay to find the little figurine. <laughs> I couldn't. Oh, yeah. 
And then when, when it came in, my wife hid it in my toy collection, right? She opened up the package because she would do that for me because I was working such long hours at work. So she would open up my packages and send me a photo of what's the contents. And she knew that it was coming. And, uh, yeah, it came in and she's like, cool. And I got home and she's like, Ben, I've already hid it in your toy collection. You've got to find it. <laughs> and it great. literally took me a little, uh, quite a while to find it. It was, it was like right in the middle of my face, but I could not see it. <laughs> so she nailed it. She nailed it. She did. She did. <laughs> you know, right off the bat, it was, uh, it was hidden in plain sight. Classic. All right, a couple more questions. Only two to go. You're doing very well, uh, mind I say, Chris. Um, the first one is, how does Frank traditionally sign on when introduced to an episode? Um, traditionally, he says, uh, I believe it's something something to the effect of, I know I'm not Chris Wisdom. I will do the best I can. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're out of here. <laughs> uh, I, I think I answered it at the top of the show. Well, hoy, hoy. It is correct. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, that's now copyright. You owe me the <laughs> coin every time you use that. I think I've used it twice so far this episode. You've used it none, so I think it's defaulted. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I think you let your trademark lapse, my friend. Well, if you'd listened to more than two episodes, you'd know I've used it more than twice, yeah? <laughs> and, and final question, in a similar vein to that one, how does Darren sign off at the end of every Toy Power episode? Good journey. Well, that's not yeah, that, bad accent as well. I like bad. that. It's pretty accurate. <laughs> now, d were you aware of? Were you aware that sometimes he doesn't sign off like that? Uh, I'm not aware. Uh, uh, <laughs> I will well, probably he, bleep this, but he, I, I, I'm assuming that every once in a while he just has enough and says, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, it's, it's very close to that. I've got a little clip here, which we might have to bleep out, but it goes something like this. Thank you for checking out Toy Power Podcast in the good words of our friend Darren. Good journey, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we, we were reminiscing about that the other day, and, and oh. it is, to be fair... And and I'll default to Darren on how we edit this. But to be fair, that wasn't on an episode of Toy Power. That was on a crossover episode, Dave's Video Graveyard. With, so, yeah. But it, it is one of it's the finest. Excuse at a more mature audience, just to be clear on that. Now. <laughs> it is a very I, uh, different audience. So yeah, I'm, I'm about halfway through that. I'm about halfway through that episode because uh, was it three episodes ago? You guys referenced it at some point. I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, I need to hear Darren say. <laughs> <laughs> every day everyone talks about it as if it's a big deal but you know i don't actually sign off good good journey like everyone thinks i do it actually starts with until next time next good journey time. Oh. tip of the hat to the old um how the old uh cartoons used to sign off the end Look of the the detail until next well. time so tip of the hat and to the animation and a tip of tip of the hat to the live live action with and now next time from the animation and a good journey from the live action. And this and is how much know, thought goes into every episode of Toy <laughs> right? I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, and now we know. And Frank, go ahead, finish it. <laughs> finish what? And knowing is half the battle. Oh, there we go, Ben. <laughs> That's not a thing. That's <laughs> not Frank's all time favorite toy based property. 
Uh, you know what? This is not uh, how you start yeah. a show. You go to your goddamn room. <laughs> That's how you roll into the close of a show, though. Hey, you know, I, so I'm sorry. The soapbox took a lot longer. Um, and I do want to get this one, this one question out to you guys for sure because sure. it's one that I've been thinking about every time I play with the boy. So we're just going to the world of Lego. The world of Lego. In your lifetime, in your experience with Lego, what is the single most innovative piece that Lego has put out, created and put out for you guys? A single piece. A single piece. Ooh. I grew up when there were what I would call limited pieces. Yep. You know, you really had to make things with the pieces. And I think through the through the 90s and early 2000s, they really went into very specialized pieces. What I understand now is when they decide, the design team says, look, we want to introduce a new piece, you know, into the market and we're going to sell it and so forth. That piece needs to meet a criteria to have multiple uses. So, and, and I, I forget the number, but pull a number out of the hat. Maybe it's going to have 10 uses. You can use the piece in 10 different ways. Um, so that, that's something they actually think about now to, to avoid these very single use pieces. And if it only has yeah, one yeah. use, it needs to be really, so it still can just have one use, like, you know, a monkey, you know, it's just mm-hmm. a monkey. That's, that's fine. And, and they'll do that. Um, like specialized canopies probably too on vehicles. Yeah. Look, but, but I guess, yeah, you know, like a, yeah, potentially, but a canopy, I mean, you can still use that as a canopy for different. Canopy. Oh, right. I get you. Yeah. In other yeah. builds. Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's right. right. So I've got well, one for you, for you, for you boys after a little tiny bit of thinking, I'm going to go the minifigure regular like motorbike helmet, right? When they ex- went from the space explorers one, where it's just a big square block yep. to the more sleek motorbike looking helmet with the visor yep. and that visor uh, articulation allowed for knights. It allowed for motorbike helmets to be, you know, um, uh, this, the visor to be up and down. It allowed for space, you know, the characters to have the different colored visors and things. And uh, that's just been, you know, going since the, I'd say early eighties, uh, or uh, I reckon late I mean. 80s for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, they had, like you said, the regular space helmet, if you think yeah, back to the, the, the Benny, Benny. The Benny. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, the Knights, actually, that came with, I think, the Yellow Castle, if you look at Benny's helmet, it's got two little dimples. Yes, and, it does. And yes. Knights actually did have removable visors, but you're right. The police never more, had the visor. Yeah, yeah. it was more um, formed. I think. Yeah, oh, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful just, piece. Yeah. I, I think they're just amazing. I, I yeah, I, I really admired that. Uh, that was my hardcore era of collecting uh, the right, right the way through. So yeah, that's for, my for, vote. For me, and and I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and there's a few pieces that kind of fit the mold, but I guess you could call it the two by one slope piece. So it's it's a piece that a bit connects onto you know two two plates. And, but it, it creates a curve shape and they've done it in two by ones, you know, one by threes, one by fours, you know, even two by threes, two by fours, that sort of thing. But Lego was so blocky, you know, back, back in back. And that, that was this, you know, it was a building block, right? But by introducing that beautiful curve shape, you could make such realistic shapes. And, and like now, if you want to build, you know, the ship from the Mandalorian, you can do that. You can have those curved pieces. You can use snot brick studs, not on top to build around the sides. Um, and I just love having curves because we never, I never had them as a kid. So that curve piece. Trent loves his curves. What can you say? Real toys have curves, right? Exactly. <laughs>
<laughs> um, look, for me, I'm going to go sort of, it's, uh, I'm going to start with the theme of Lego Technic. I think that's where it went from being a kid's toy into something that, you know, engineers could really look at and go, wow, I want to build that truck or whatever it is. But if I had to narrow it down to an individual piece, the actual little black connectors that allow that go through the holes in the technique to like actually put male, it all female type yeah connector. so it's a, it's, it's yeah. a symmetrical piece so it's, you can get the ones that have the, the the cross on one side and the post on the other but yeah, the the yeah. one that is black usually post on both sides and without that yeah you you're not uh, you look at this piece of lego that has all these holes in it and you go well, what the hell is that that's what gives technique its strength when you're sort of putting everything together and in particular um i've been watching the american version of lego masters with will arnett i think who's the host of that they do a, a bridge building episode and how much weight can your bridge take every single team bar one used lego technique and it was like a you had the bridge and you had your struts below and above um i'm not going to spoil it but the one team that didn't use any lego technique had the judges just going nah this is going to be a total schmozzle um find that episode because you'll be amazed at what happens within that but so for me the single piece is the little black technique connector it's not an impressive looking piece but when you think about yeah. what it can do what you can do with it yeah it's uh, amazing Darren. Darren, I'm just going to say something really basic and it's probably going to disappoint you all. I'm not at the level that you guys are, any of you guys are. I, I love Lego, but I'm just not. Um, I'm, I'm more drawn to the licensing stuff now. But I just think uh, just um, just going right back to the beginning, just, just the inception of it in in of itself, I think, is, has gone so far. Just that little... You know that that little brick and and how that's been able to go on that little you know you think about all the things that that, that it's been used for since you know um you know right from whether it's the pirate lego or, or the space lego or or you know any of the license stuff that we have now just just that just the very concept of it i think for me what would you so what to, to, to lean into power, that what would you say is the standard lego brick when someone goes lego like i think of the uh what is it four by two four by two chunky brick. four by two that would be style. the one that that would be yeah. the one yep the four by two for me i just think you know for me often when, when when people say what's the definitive it's often the idea that spurred the whole thing Yep. You know what I mean? If you didn't have that little brick, we wouldn't have had the, the more advanced stuff that we have. Oh, okay. And then, and then unflowing the, the system. Mm. You know, um, th these great ideas stand on the shoulders of what came before it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that look, the, the clutch power, and that is essentially when those little, uh, there's a technical term, which I don't know, but the little nodules on the top. The um, studs. 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 Beautiful. <laughs> You can click, you know, a brick onto it. <laughs> studs. Studs has got the curves. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> um, In a very special hole. episode of Toy Power this week, folks. <laughs> now, now Ben's going to rail against studs and curves. <laughs> and Ben's going to rail about the bus size. <laughs> and we hear all about oh, what I love me some big bubbles with studs I'll, and curves. Uh, I'll admit that. Um, <laughs> but that, I mean, that, that's ingenious, right? The fact you can put these two bricks together and they hold, and they hold pretty darn well, right? you have built the largest toy company in the world today on that brick. I mean, this is yep. a mum and, and dad company. And, and, and you company. know what blows my mind? It's all, everything that comes from Lego is that comes out of one factory. It's not like Coke and not like beer and not like everything else where they've got manufacturers all over the world, wherever, whatever country they're in. Yep. Lego comes from one company. 
one place. One factory. It just yeah. it blows my mind. Yeah, it blows my mind that it is. It is. It, you know, I can walk down to my little local store and have uh, an aisle aisles, not just one aisles of Lego. And Chris over there in the states can do the same and have the same sets and things that I'm looking at. That just blows my mind mm. that and that it's come out of one little. What not one little, but one one factory in um, yeah, it's just mm. insane. Yeah, and the crazy thing about Lego is, you know, you go over to someone's house whose kids are playing with it, and mixed in with that Lego are the the dad's brick, yeah, you know, the dad's bricks from his childhood, and they're, they're all you know they look a bit aged, they're you know different colours, teeth marks, marks but yeah. it, it yep. still works. You can still play with it together, and that just that blows my mind that, you know, generations, the system, yeah. Yeah. The system. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad, uh, Ben, that you, you mentioned teeth marks because while Darren's probably the closest because he, because he cheated, he <laughs> undoubtedly cheated by going to the progenitor. <laughs> uh, it's the brick, the brick separator. Oh, no. I mean the oh, yes. brick yes. separator. Yeah, yeah. See, I was, I, I'm not, I'm not young. I'm not, um, Olden, sorry, I haven't been playing with bricks modern enough to have brick separators in my youth. You know what I mean? In my day, it was all about the teeth, the teeth <laughs> right out, right? Yeah. And it's it's only until I started collecting the Batman Lego and the DC uh-huh. lines that I, oh my gosh, they, they they've now got brick separators. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's my and, thing too. I guess yeah. within the last few years, but that's that's it's so eye opening. And I like playing Legos with my son. I'm just and like Ben, you will never have to know the this the sorrow of, <laughs> oh, it's, of, it's a, it's of a, teeth um, marred Legos. Yeah, it's a it's a you know you just do it out of uh, not even thinking. You're like, uh, Dad, can you get this off for me? Yeah, no worries. Uh, like this, I don't even <laughs> think that the brick. Yep. I, I'm yeah, I'm too old yeah. school. Yeah. Um, and it's tried and, and it's tr- weird. tried and true, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird too because you uh, every time I use it, it seems like I mean it's 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 it it, 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 it almost evolves. You, you, when you look at the the engineering that goes into it, and the thought mm-hmm. process that went into the how many different ways you need to be able to separate bricks are included on this thing mm-hmm. from the, from the wedge to the studs to the to the peg to everything. Like every when I first started using it, it was really just about using the studs to pry and maybe getting that wedge in there uh, mm-hmm. for a tight piece. And not until you know maybe months down the line when I was like, oh hey, this little spiky thing will really help. Oh my God, that's probably what they built it for. <laughs> and just, you know, and there's, there's the, there's, there's two sides to the stud. There's the male and the female end to be able to pry. I'm just, every time I look at it in my hand, I'm, I'm just like, this, this is the culmination of all Lego engineering in it's my the, hand in one Lego universal LMT. tool. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It's so, yeah. yeah. And, and in that conversation just now, there are uses you mentioned, Chris, that I hadn't thought of. Oh. Really? So it's, yeah, yeah, like that. I haven't used it for. I'm like, oh wow, it can do it. Yeah, that do it that way. Because I'm just. Well, just you gotta you gotta open the Lego box first. Trey. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't use the stud uh, you know unit to open the box. You know. <laughs> and I I think um we so we Ben for Christmas we got him one of the hidden side and I think in we got him the schoolhouse. Yes. And I think yes. in the schoolhouse there's two. Separated. So now we're we're flush. We've got more than like probably close to a dozen brick separators out of all the the sets that I've gotten him. Because I was real protective of him when we first started. Him. Like Ben, this needs to be in a special spot where we know it is. And 
and now we were flush. It's it's great. So it's always a hand me a brick separator, and they made them like bright orange now because uh, yeah. I think the first one that I remember having was gray. It didn't have the stud pusher. Um, it seemed like it had a uh, a thicker handle. So instead of having that wedge piece at the end of it where you could get in and pry, that wasn't there. It was just about the male and female two two bricks to do everything. And now it's just so much better. It's good. Just just Sorry. on the brick on the brick separator. <laughs> Um, we were holidaying in this small country town and there was this little toy shop and in the window was one of these generic Lego sets. So it was by this company I'd never heard of. And there was a little army Jeep and like a black Hawk helicopter. And they looked really cool. Cause you don't often see like war sort of Lego. Cause Lego don't do that. They don't like to be associated with war and they won't do any military stuff. Um, and, and I said, look, if you boys are well-behaved, I'll take you in. You can buy those. They're, they're like 10 bucks. You can buy the, the, those little ones there. And so we went in the store and the guys, I said, you know, can we have those ones in the window? And he said, no, nah, they're, they're display models. I don't actually have them boxed up. But here's the one you can buy. And it was this huge World War II tank. And it was, it was a really, like, it looked beautiful on the box. And I'm, but I'm always dubious by these generic sets. But anyway, my son really wanted it, so I bought it for him, and and got a, we got it, and we built it, and it was like pretty good, pretty good quality. But it came with a separator, but it was and it was it was obviously based on the the Lego separator, but it was green, and it was it had printed on it like a crocodile. So and and when you actually looked at it on the side, it sort of had the shape of you know the mouth down one end and that little bit that sticks off was the tail and it was yeah it was interesting to see it green and painted like a crocodile and that's so there that, you go. that really appealed to the australians yeah one of these bastards yeah. Dundee's. <laughs> i've got um, I don't 10 know of guys... them in my backyard if i knew the teeth on a croc could open lego geez that'd be set years ago <laughs> um you know going going to the the war uh just you know mocks and all the groups and stuff there's a there's a, a facebook group and uh called brick mania that i follow just because the sculpts on them they do like those those implements of war and they do like specialized pieces and the accessory packs um they're really good I, they're and they do all different uh vehicle stuff but what they've done as far as like realism from from yeah. uh, you know actual vehicles it's amazing what i mean it's it's amazing what every lego creator does but these these guys but the, the most amazing thing is that the price of their sets <laughs> Yeah. I never thought anything would be more expensive than brand name Lego, but boy, was I wrong. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that's probably going to wrap at this point of the episode. Chris, wonderful as always to chat. And thank you so much for waking up at 450 I mean, oh, I woke before. up. I woke up before fifteen. I had to had to shave, so I didn't look too scruffy for you guys. Get some coffee made. <laughs> look at um, this. You know, this is stretch my eyes out. This is what happens when you take a year off from work. You look like yeah. a <laughs> looking like you come out of the gutter. Um, but uh, no, Chris, thank you so much. Four fifteen. That's a that's a that's a time that in my book doesn't even exist. So you know, and that's saying a lot because I come from a place that. To Americans probably doesn't exist. But, um, <laughs> uh, fantastic to have you on, Chris. Just oh, love chatting to you, and uh, I just wish we could do three-hour episodes because uh, we've got so man, much fun whenever we chat. I love talking to you guys, man. It's a good time. It's it's the the, the elevated conversation is such a nice change from my normal Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, I promise not to have any any. Um, I won't have Charles. 
It's all oh, Phil. All yeah. Phil. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was going to do either <laughs> Phil or Paul. <laughs> no, oh, thank I'm you sure so Paul much. Paul gives you plenty of material. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. All right. Yeah, On that note, we'll say a very special shout out to our patrons and thank you for keeping the chat going because, um, you know, in these times, it's great to have that community and, and everyone rallying together and just sharing the, the fun of toy collecting. Um, so that's been great. Thank you to everyone for tuning in to another episode of Toy Power and probably won't see you around the toy aisles, but might see you online. So cheerio and good journey to you. And in this episode of Toy Power, we learned that Chris Wisdom really does know the show. He listened really well. And if you listen to Toy Power, you too can have the power. Toy Power, that is. Until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review otherwise we just assume we're awesome We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people Want to learn more? Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but there you go, there's our first Toy Power Moral. (laughs) (laughs) Took you 160 something episodes, Darren, but you finally got one. Probably also our last Toy Power Moral, but you know. (laughs) But, um.